Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to episode number 144 of Thyroid Nation Radio Live Talk Show and Podcast, brought to you by Just Thrive Probiotic. I'm Dana and Tiffany. We'll be there and just be here in just a minute. Are you there? Okay, well, I will start without her. She will call back in in just a moment. Let's see. Today we are talking with Dr. Shiroko Sokic. I'm so excited to talk to her. We will be talking to her about healing when it seems impossible. Um, you know, it's just one of those things. If you're a thyroid patient, you totally get it. It's uh, it's not fun. So uh, we're going to talk to her about um, about some great things. Tiff, are you there? Can you hear me? Yes, I sure can. Okay. <laughs> just wanted to make sure. I saw that you said here, so I just wanted to make sure. Okay, so um, I think she might be with us. So let's just go ahead and get some, some things out of the way before we uh, include her. Um, again, I said, you know, we're talking with Shiroko Sokic, uh, board certified in medical acupuncture, integrative medicine, and functional medicine. She has been practicing a blend of Chinese and Western medicine for nearly 30 years and is the owner and practitioner at Heart to Heart Medical Center in Santa Rosa, California. And her dream is to help her patients have miracles of healing in their lives. That is awesome. We're really, really excited her today. That's right on uh, the level of what Tiffany and I have been uh, trying to do with the show and kind of where we're at in our lives, um, you know, the blending of medicine and things. So we're really excited. For, before we get to that, I just wanted to mention if you have listened to the show a lot, you probably have heard me talk about thyroid refresh. We help thyroid patients implement thyroid-specific diet and lifestyle changes by making the process simple, attainable, attainable and fun. You know, there are many um, websites out there <clears throat> that provide information on what to do, and we are the only platform answering how to do it. And we basically give support no matter what protocol you're following. So everyone is welcome. It is has been a fabulous ride. Uh, the website is thyroidrefresh.com, and we will be um, availing our flagship product in September, hopefully, fingers crossed, which is a 30-day wellness adventure. Adventure. So please, please, please check it out. Really excited about it. Super exciting. Yeah. Also, <laughs> I'm feeling a little singy this morning, evidently. I know. Also, please make sure to check out our amazing sponsors, ThriveProbiotic.com. Very unique. It's something you do not need a prescription for. It is spore-based. That's super, super important. Verified to survive gastric acid, gluten, dairy, sugar-free, non-GMO, all the mandatory minimums. And proven, which is super important, to reduce endotoxins, triglycerides, and symptoms of leaky gut. So please make sure to check out thriveprobiotic.com. We love it. And I'm actually out, so I'm going to have to be ordering some more here soon. I can tell. Mm-hmm. And it's time. Missing my right? probiotic. So it's good to, you know, stop and, you know, with supplements and things like that. So I figured a, a couple days wasn't, you know, going to hurt me. Um, but... I can feel it, so it's time. Right. You need to get some yep. more. Yep. All right, and it looks like she is with us, so with no further Yay. ado, let's get this thyroid nation thriving. Good morning. Can you hear us okay? Okay. Let's try the other one. It looks like she's on here with two different phone numbers. Good morning. Uh-huh. Can you hear us okay? Yeah, I Hello? can hear you. Can you hear me? Ah, good morning. You there me? you are. Yes. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> We're having uh, sorry. some glitches this morning. <laughs> I noticed that. I I got cut off once, so I tried again. So. I did too. See, that's what happened. I'm not <laughs> sure what happened. We were both on there just waiting along, and then it just completely blipped out. So, not yeah, not too sure. Well, good morning. I think it's me. I think I'm bad luck. I don't know. I think I'm bad luck with my microphones and things because <laughs> I try really, really hard. I've got an expensive microphone, all these cords and all this stuff. I'm trying really hard to make it sound, you know, just absolutely perfect. For all my trying, it is just not working. So I think it's me. <laughs> I really do. I think it's me. And I don't know. It's just me. And so I guess that's just life. So, you know. 
that's it. <laughs> well, I have a really good microphone too, but I don't know that it's one of us causing it. It could be planetary. <laughs> it could you be. know, I think it is planetary. Someone was telling me that's so funny that you bring that up that there are yeah. several planets in retrograde. Is that is that correct? Or I heard coming that too. And yeah. Yeah, I heard that too. Yeah. Um there's uh Mercury's going retrograde and that's the one about communication. So they say that's but who knows? That's the cause. All that always, I don't know very much about that, but I'll tell you that it all makes me giggle because when Dana and I would be going through, you know, specific challenges in our life, we would kind of giggle and we would say, you know, Mercury must be in retrograde. And then one of my friends would tell me, you know, would ask me, how are you feeling? And and she'd say, you know, Mercury is in retrograde. And I'd laugh. And I'll, my my famous question is, is, why can't we just blow that planet up? <laughs> of course, that's not going to work. But uh, it is humorous for me to say it. <laughs> well, and it's funny because we, we do do that. Um, uh, it's funny because it's like we'll say, oh, this is going on or this is going on. And we tease saying Mercury, Mercury must be in retrograde. Right. But then it generally it usually, usually is. is. So, it's funny. So, anyway. Dana, just so you know, evidently multiple planets are going into retrograde. Someone told me last Saturday, um, a lady that I trust implicitly, and she basically essentially said, buckle up, because there are multiple planets going into retrograde, which, I, like I said, I know nothing about that. But uh, So, for for people, if uh, significant challenges uh, come, you know, within some time here, you'll know that, it's a planetary thing, so I'm almost kind of glad that you threw that out there <laughs> because it's <laughs> a thing. <laughs> One of these days we'll understand all of that, right? Maybe. Maybe you not. never know. <laughs> um, no. Okay, so before we get started, you know, we have lots to talk about, but we really want to hear your story. Um, of course, I read a little bit of your bio, and, and I know um, a lot about you from following you and being a fan, but I want you to share that with our listeners because – the fact that you were, um, you know, practicing and studying to become a surgeon and then you had a moment, an aha moment where you uh, decided that you wanted to, to implement some different things. I'd love to hear the, uh, I'd love to hear your version. I would love uh, for you to share it for our audience. Okay. Happy to. Um, well, really it all started when I was five years old huh. and um, that was uh my uh my great grandmother was my best friend i was uh living in germany i was born in germany and uh, my mother had just become single and she was out working a lot and trying to support her two children and my great grandmother was the person who took care of me and she was really like one of the kindest people you'd ever know and she was so nurturing and so wonderful and um I was playing at her house one night and she collapsed in front of me and I, my grandmother and my mom were right next door. So I went and got them and we got an ambulance and she got taken out of the house by ambulance. And I found out a week later that she had died. They didn't let children go to the hospital in those days. And um, so I didn't know what happened to her. And my mom came and told me, that her heart had stopped beating and I didn't know what that meant. I just knew that I wanted to make her heart beat again so she would come back to me. And Mm. so I started wishing with all my might that I'm going to make her heart start beating again. And I was imagining what that would be, you know, like not knowing anything. And I remember that was the day that I decided I wanted to be a doctor so I could save lives. And Again, a five-year-old doesn't know what that means, but that is what stayed with me all those years. And I think what happened on that day was this belief that it was possible to save lives and that it was possible to have miracles, again, in hindsight. And, you know, fast forward to many years later, I'm in medical school, and the very first time I got to save a life was in surgery. Um, We had a guy come in who had been shot and I was in the doing a rotation in the emergency room and they took me with them to the operation. We saved his life in this moment. And it was so amazing. So I was like, okay, I'm going to be a surgeon. And I decided to go into surgery. But then as a surgical resident, I began to see that 
um, that wasn't all there was to saving a life. You know, that that living a life was, you had to not just be physically alive, you had to be vibrantly alive, you know, and I began to ask questions and, and it was sort of a parallel to my personal life and my, my, my work as a surgeon. I began to realize that I wanted to, to do more, that I wanted to, to change lives more than, than being the surgeon who did that last minute moment. And so I started searching for something, and I didn't really know what I was searching for, but somebody told me about this book um, called The Web That Has No Weaver. And so I read that book, and it's a book about acupuncture and Chinese medicine. And as soon as I read it, like within the first chapter, I was in love. And I felt like, like Chinese medicine had answers that I didn't get from my experience as a surgical resident or as a physician, that it had ways of approaching pain and suffering that I didn't have the tools for in, in the way I was practicing at the time. So I started searching and looking for an acupuncture school, which I found. And, and you know, one thing kind of just led to another. And, and, and always in the background is this, I want to change people's lives. I want to help people live a more vibrant, full, healthy life. And that miracle, that idea of having a miracle, um, which all started when I was five. So here I am today. (laughs) Here I am today having, having done all that. So, so you did finish your residency yet, correct? I did not. I did two years of residency. I kind of had a midlife crisis at age 27, and uh, and it was really that there were several things that happened, um, but really that realization that whatever I did, I wanted my whole heart and soul to be in involved, you know, mm-hmm. and and up until that point, everything I had done had been that way, 100%, heart and soul, all of me. And in surgery, you know, I began – you know, I I, suffer, I saw people suffering in ways that I couldn't help. I saw pain and and things that that even the best medicine that we had couldn't help. And I really wanted to change that. I wanted to help people more deeply. So I began. I left my residency after two years and went to work in the emergency room in a search for what would provide that kind of care. And and then went to acupuncture school. Wow. So. You know, and it's, mm. it's interesting because they're fundamentally polar opposites. You know, Chinese medicine looks at the body as a whole and how systems intricately affect one another. And conventional medicine has become so specialized that everything is sort of pulled apart from one another. You know, it's, yeah. it's amazing. I mean, you had to just be like, oh, my goodness, you know, they're so different. Well, and it's amazing you have that that instinctive foresight, you know, to to pull yourself away from that um, because you were trying to look at the bigger picture. It's a pretty incredible moment, and um, we're so glad. (laughs) We're so glad you did. (laughs) Yeah, you know, and, and on some levels it is very different, but in other levels, and I think because I started as a young physician doing Chinese medicine, to me, I am able to integrate them pretty seamlessly. I use the Western medicine as an adjunct to Chinese medicine. And and even though it seems like they're polar opposites on another level, they're uh they're like pieces of different pieces of a whole. You know, parts like, of the balance. You kinda need you kinda need both in our modern you world. You kinda yeah. need both. I mean it, it it's yeah. in the to me that's hopefully the future of medicine where all of that gets you know, integrated, there's so many levels of healing, you know, yeah. and it seems like much of what conventional medicine is doing right now is, I don't want to say out of their league, but it's not necessarily their training, you know, the whole lifestyle and different food problems and all these different things isn't really their, isn't really their training, or at least, yeah. you know, majority of their training is, is, is in acute situations, and it's, it's sad because so many people are frustrated with medicine. It's really more of just, you know, um, I can't even think of what I want to say, but it's 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 like we're asking 
of our physicians more than they can give, at least conventionally trained. Now, you, on the other hand, are like the ideal perfect mm-hmm. physician. You know, help mm-hmm. me, how, how did I get to this illness? And let's talk a little bit of that specific to Hashimoto's. What do you find with your Hashimoto's patients that is, of course, there's many routes, but a fundamental thing that has to be addressed? Oh, well, <laughs> that's a pretty broad question. It's, it's not just it's not just one thing. That's the right. problem, you know. It's like if it was just one thing, then just giving thyroid medication right. would solve it. Yeah, but um, what I found is, and this is basically what I do with all my patients, is that it's about balance right? So finding where the imbalance is and looking and from the Chinese, taking my blend of Chinese and Western medicine, I've kind of evolved into what I call the triangle of wellness. And um, what that is, is um, if you take all of the information, it looks at your hormones, your immune system, and your nervous system. And those three elements are out of balance. And then they are uniquely out of balance for each person. But if you get that underlying framework, so that I consider that to be the underlying framework for being healthy, right. it, you know, to get your immune system, hormones, and nervous system in balance, then helps everything else fall into place. And then, you know, so like if, if a person has an infection or if a person has a food allergy or whatever it is that they have, a lot of times if I treat, if I just go after something, like if somebody just, if they have a, a thyroid issue like Hashimoto's and I just go after their thyroid or if I just go after the underlying infection that they might have and I don't balance the rest of their body, they won't get better. And that's what I think needs to happen in all cases for every person is to get the underlying systems in balance so that the framework can be in existence for them to get well. Does that right. make sense? A, a series of ruling things out. Absolutely. What, do yeah. you find that there's, that there's one that's more uh, common than others? Is it, is it SIBO? Is it Epstein-Barr? Do you find that there's something that's, that's pretty confluent within many thyroid patients, many Hashimoto patients? I would probably say Epstein-Barr plus, you know, like almost right. all, like almost every single one of them. I think I only have one and I have a lot of thyroid patients. Um, I think I only have one or two that do not have Epstein-Barr. All the others have Epstein-Barr. And, wow. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. That's very so, interesting. Can you elaborate on that from a Chinese medicine perspective? I mean, there are some that say that it's a pesticide sensitivity. It's a genetic predisposition. There's any any thoughts on that? On why it's Epstein Barr that I see so commonly, right? On why? why on why Epstein Barr is so problematic, or or triggers Hashimoto's? Uh, well, <laughs> again, it's a multi-layered issue. So there there probably is a genetic sort of imbalance. Then there's whatever has happened in their lives before they got sick. And whatever the foundation of their wellness is, you know, and, and I also practice functional medicine, which is to me the Western version of Chinese medicine. Right. right. Um, and and it's looking at things from a systems perspective. And a lot of people have a story of, you know, having childhood illnesses or having a lot of vaccinations or having a lot of or not being breastfed or some foundation of their immune system that isn't that didn't lay down a solid foundation for them. Gotcha. Um, but uh, so there's the again not having a solid foundation of a strong immune system, and then and then in Chinese medicine we talk about infections in a very interesting way. It talks that, so your immune system is regulated by your lungs, in and the lungs have the following functions. It's not just your breathing in and out, but your whole entire respiratory system. So your nose, your throat, your physical lungs, your airways your large intestine, your skin, and your ability to protect yourself from things that come in from outside. Things that come in from outside, that would be your immune system, right? And your right. thyroid is the gland, is the hormonal organ that regulates that from the Chinese perspective, okay? So mm-hmm. 
when an infection comes in, all infections, that's the lungs and the large intestine are the outermost layer of your body, including your skin, right? So it comes into your body. If it's not treated properly, it invades into the rest of your organs. And so there's this whole approach of using herbs and acupuncture at the very beginning of an illness to push the illness out of the body so that it can't invade. And it's been a, a main foundation of my work since I began doing acupuncture to help people's immune systems function so or not recover from some kind of illness. And I and I do a lot of educating of like if you catch a cold or you catch a flu or whatever it is you catch, come in early, get treated, get taken care of so that so that you can get well properly. And I think what happens is that people have a virus like Epstein Barr and they'll get sick with it but it's not treated properly because we don't, you know, our conventional knowledge is not about getting rid of a virus. It's about letting a person rest until they get better. And now we have some antiviral medications, but, but in general, people have just waited to get better. And in Chinese medicine, there's a whole herbal protocol for different stages of an illness. There's acupuncture. There's all kinds of things to prevent it from invading. And so what I think has happened, one of the things that's happened is that because viruses don't generally get really treated in Western medicine, they can't they might not be able to recover normally. Now, many people do recover. You know, many people will get over it after a period of time and they'll move on with their lives and they'll not get sick. But then there's the people, and these are the ones I take care of, so I see more of them that didn't recover in that way or that the virus invaded deeper into their system. And so does that all make sense? It absolutely does. So keep going. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And so when a person has that, you know, they become chronically fatigued, their digestion starts to have problems. It's like as the virus, as the illness or the, because in Chinese medicine, it's an energy pattern, right? As it invades into the body, it affects the different organs and you'll have different symptoms at different phases of its development. And so like the, the next level down is the liver and gallbladder. So you'll have alternating hot and cold. You'll have aches and, and a stiff neck. And, you know, so like different symptoms are at different phases. And the there's a whole huge book. It's like this huge book of febrile illnesses in Chinese medicine, which I have not read, I have to admit. But it's <laughs> talked about a lot. And it's it's really because everything is based on on finding the root cause of the imbalance and then helping the body come back to balance. And infectious disease is such an important element of that. You know, like an infect, a virus or a bacteria is, it's living inside of us to help our bodies be strong enough to uninvite it. So again, it's about imbalance and not about, I got to get rid of this bug. You got to get your body strong enough so that it can heal so that it can do what it was supposed it was made to do, right? Yeah, exactly. So you push the virus out because, you know, think about it. There's a million or maybe even more than that. I don't, you know, I don't think we understand viral illnesses very well in our in our science. I think we're just starting to understand viruses. Right. And, um, you know, bacteria and parasites, and there's millions of things that actually live on our bodies every day. Streptococcus bacteria, which causes strep throat, lives in our throat. Right. And we're not sick all the time. You know, E. coli, which is the main cause of diarrhea in the world, is also the main bacteria that we have in our guts, and it doesn't make everybody sick all the time. So what is that? What is Mm -hmm. that that allows our our immune system to let it cause an illness that's where i function that's where i work to to find that mm. Mm. interesting I'm, and i'm thinking of course about myself. I'm, mem- I'm, I'm mesmerized all the, all the people <laughs> me too really all the listeners are, are you know, thinking back about their lives and all the triggers and this and that but i keep coming back to the fact that i had spinal meningitis when i was Four. Oh my! And you just—I guess you never know. 
but I just keep thinking, huh, I wonder if that was like my first sign, my first clue, you know, um, yeah. and, and wonder what, what and why I got it, right? <laughs> I mean, what, were you breastfed? You know, were you, how long were you breastfed? How was the labor and delivery? I mean, every element of your, right, of your story counts, you know. So, like, mm-hmm. what led to you being four years old and having meningitis? And right. then what was the treatment that you received? And then what was the recovery that you received? Right. You know, so the whole, your whole story matters. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting how it all plays together, but that's kind of the point that I'm kind of starting with because I know Tiffany has her point. She was six years old and had her – well, you go ahead and share, Tiff, so she'll – Oh, no, I was six, and I had uh, kidney failure. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, uh, wow. Uremic syndrome, yeah. So I was on peritoneal dialysis, and I'm I'm sure that it goes way back. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but you think at six years old, are you dealing with – past life traumas are you dealing with like i was not breastfed um it was, was a very I. traumatic birth i was separated from my mother for three weeks because she had a, a pulmonary ambuli so she was in the hospital for quite some time and you know but how do you go back i mean my my thing is is okay i get that you know we've we've dana and i've interviewed you know so many people i, I understand that that's part of it and dana understands mm-hmm. that the meningitis is probably part of it I do feel to a certain extent that that child is healed, but there's still an element. It's like a nagging in the back of my head. You know, how do you heal that? Because I I ended up with um, a very high titer Epstein-Barr after taking care of my mother who passed uh, with Alzheimer's, and that triggered the Hashimoto's. And I've read many articles talking about the sleeping giant and, you know, Epstein-Barr being the sleeping giant. So if we know that these things are part of it and that mm-hmm. the viral exposure has been something that has been part of, of me for the past 10 years, nine years or whatever, mm-hmm. um, what do you do with it then? In mm-hmm. other words, it's there. It's It's unfortunately infiltrated my system. And how do you get it out? I mean, do you ha- how do you have... <laughs> an exorcism of sorts of this virus. <laughs> I know again, that sounds funny, but again. that's how I truly how I feel. I feel like it's an invader that's just mm-hmm, there yeah. sleeping, waiting for, um, you know, I got very upset last night, and the pain that followed that episode, physical oh. pain everywhere, mm-hmm. my neck, my shoulders, my body, I felt like if you could envision Epstein-Barr on fire. That's mm-hmm. how I felt because I wasn't in pain prior to that. And then mm-hmm. being upset just lit off that pain. And that's how I felt. Mm-hmm. I felt like Epstein Barr was wide awake and <laughs> there with me at that moment. And it and it did take a lot of meditation and different things. But how do you get it out? I would like it to be out of my system so that I can move on with my beautiful life. So from a Chinese medicine perspective, because if you said that to a conventional physician, they look at you like you've lost your mind. Mm -hmm. But I know that that is part of that critical piece of healing that I have to to deal with in order to, to be well. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. But let me let me change your thinking a little. Okay. So imagine that every critter that lives with you is there for a reason. And so Epstein-Barr is also there for a reason. It, it matches a certain vibration. And you said you got very upset. So upset usually means some emotional upheaval, right? All your organs are connected to various emotions. So anger is connected to the liver. And, and, you decide do you describe that you started having pain and stiffness in your neck and things like that well that is the liver's job is to regulate the smooth flow of energy in your whole body so actually your upsetness caused the energy to become uneven in your body and so then you had pain so there's layers of so your your question is how do you get that critter out of your body and my first comment originally was that you don't get the critter out you strengthen your body to the point where it it is uninvited it is no longer necessary 
I yeah. love that. So, and and you also describe a foundation of not being breastfed, not having maybe the kind of nurturing one would expect at a you know at a, at new, as a newborn because your mom was sick, and all of those things affect your physical health. So your foundation of your immune system, you have to go all the way back to rebuild your immune system, to build it from scratch, basically. To build it from and scratch. And there's all kinds right. of things. Yeah, basically. And I was this, my mom wasn't sick, but she didn't breastfeed me, and, and I was allergic to dairy. And so from birth. So you ended up I, on soy milk? Me too, soy formula. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not sure. My mom said at one point that I was fed Coca-Cola. <laughs> Oh my! Oh goodness. my gosh! No way! Because they couldn't get actually, you know, down me. Yeah, that's funny that you say that because my husband is Yugoslav, and I will never forget my, his grandmother who lived till 100 years old, uh, and she said because I I breastfed all four of my children till two are over. I, maybe that was like the overkill of trying to repair the little girl uh-huh. myself that never, I, I don't know. But I remember uh-huh. she, her telling me in that super thick Yugoslav accent, this will, this will kill you, she said. And she was dead serious, okay? So I'm sure that in her time, she probably did see women that passed that weren't, maybe weren't, didn't have enough nutrients to pass on to their child and maybe it did kill them. Who knows? But she said, and I said, well, Nona, what, what exactly do you want me to feed them? These are my breasts. This is what it's supposed to do, this and that. And she's shaking her head, and she says, give them sugar water. Because <laughs> so when you said Coca-Cola, I'm thinking to myself, I wonder, you know, obviously there must have been something, you know, back then that, that you know, was with sugar water. Interesting, right. you know. little tidbit there, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. and, and I looked that at her, you know, of course, and... Baby. Right, right, right. Looking at her in my day and age, you know, Sugar yeah. being, of course, a, a super villain. But looking at her like, what? <laughs> yeah. So she thought I was crazy. I thought she was crazy, but we loved each other. It was just, it was a good thing. But that, that was a very funny <laughs> conversation. It was kind of like, okay, walk over to my husband. Your grandmother lost her mind. <laughs> <laughs> But Coke, so maybe that was a thing. I don't know. The sugar, you know, yeah. I don't know. But, sure. but so the foundation of your immune system has, has to be built. And so that involved, first of all, finding um, where it's out of balance and usually, you know, doing things to strengthen it. So vitamin D, omegas, uh, probiotics at the right time because you have to use probiotics in the right way. I do not believe that every single person should take probiotics. I've just seen enough people, especially if they have SIBO, um, you can't give them probiotics because it will just make them feel worse. And um, It can feed bad bacteria, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it was actually my own personal experience. I had irritable bowel for many years and and you know, didn't discover, I mean, there were food, like, again, dairy and things like that, but then there was the whole SIBO situation, and probiotics always made me worse. And now that I've healed my SIBO, I can take probiotics. So, do you think that spore-based, I apologize for interrupting, do you think that spore-based is any different than, say, for example, these 90 billion of lactobacilli and bifidobacterium as opposed to a spore-based probiotic? Well, I have used that, you know, and again, that's a relatively new innovation. Right, <laughs> so, right. And I've been in practice for, um, well, since I graduated from medical school over 30 years. But so that kind of thing is only in the last couple of years that I've, right, known, right. You know, that I've been able to use that sort of product. But, yes, I think they do help. Um, and it was one of the only probiotics, once I figured it out, before I figured out I had SIBO, I was able to use that without too much trouble. So, yes, spore-based probiotics are good. <laughs> um, so, the found, again, the foundation is to strengthen your immune system. And so that, took, that, can, take three, that can take three or four years to build right. your immune system to a place where you feel like it's strong, and that is providing the proper nutrients that you need in order to build it. So vitamin C, um, vitamin D, omegas, uh, the right foods, you know, the, this is where the, the 
lots of vegetables, lots of greens, and no sugar, and removing foods that trigger you, and things like that. All of that plays a role in healing your immune system. And it all, it all comes and down to nutrients, to right? The, yeah, and then you get to ask the the virus or the bacteria to leave. You know, <laughs> then you get to push it out. <laughs> because right. otherwise, we, all, like, we need to get healthy. That's it. We all just need to be in tip-top shape. Yes. Right. And the, but the then spiritual, that's sometimes impossible that you know that's where this my my saying of healing when it seems impossible comes in it seems impossible you know like when you think about a life of not of having had an immune system that was compromised it seems like maybe that's not a thing you could fix but yes you can as long as you're alive as long as you're able to respond to anything you can heal and I think this may sound super silly, but verbiage, don't you find, is a big thing. You know, if you're a child, like, for example, that has grown up being ill quite a bit, it almost feels like it was ingrained into your being that illness was part of the conversation. And I know that a huge component for me has been changing that self-verbiage. That, that's been probably, honestly, the largest component in in healing for me is understanding that that does not have to be part of my verbiage or constant thought. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, that's one of the things is it's not being in denial. It's really about recognizing that it's all about balance and always coming back to the idea of balance. And so rather than thinking about illness or disease, you think about, okay, where is the imbalance and how can I get to better balance? And so you're asking the question in a different way. How can I strengthen that part of me? How can I build this area of my of my energy or my health in order to achieve better balance? And you see that language is not talking about you being ill, but at the same time acknowledging that there's something that's not in balance. Does that make sense? It does. Balance. It's the key to life. It's it's you know even even viewing bad things as yeah. 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 Balance isn't static, it's always in motion. It's always and life is always in motion, always in flow. And so what it takes to be balanced now may not be the same as what it takes to be balanced in in a week or in three weeks or in a month. You know, you might need more sleep sometimes. You might need more exercise sometimes. You might need certain foods at other times. You know, like all of that shifts and changes. And it's learning to live within and to listen and to flow that brings you to to being as healthy as you can be. And even the adverse situations that happen to us is part of that balance. You know, I think yes. that was, yeah. you guys will giggle, but it, what happened was my Nubian goats got out last night and they <laughs> broke my back patio fence and got into my roses oh, and my no. grape vine. <laughs> no. and so, like, literally, I have, I, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a process for me because obviously I'm human, but, you know, to, to realize that the negative things that happen, these are all just shifters to help us move forward. Okay, I get that. I've understood that. But this one was not just about the adverse, you know, of the goats getting out. It was also that they had destroyed something that was giving me great pleasure in, it sounds kind of stupid, but my rose bushes and my plants being well has been a, a link for me in keeping those well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's been part of my positive thought process. And I understand that the universe was asking me to move past my plants, obviously, <laughs> But in that moment, <laughs> in that moment, I was like, are you serious? I don't think my kids had ever seen me that mad. I just had a look uh-huh. on my face and I said, I, I just have to go walk right now. You know, and the kids are like, are you okay, mom? I'm like, I'm fine. But I just could not, you know, it takes you a moment to process those things. It's important not to just be like, okay, the goats just ruined everything. It's super important to realize that you it's a process to get to that point of okay, so what what am I being asked here to to do? I mean, obviously, I you could say make a stronger fence, but goats are just 
you know, they're they're escape artists. <laughs> they're fabulously, notoriously not meant to be penned up. They just really are not. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. It took a moment, you know, to, to, to be able to, to deal with that. But in the midst of that massive cortisol surge, you know, um, I awakened, you know, the part of me that I, that I had worked so hard. And, and that's why it's always a process, right? <laughs> it's always yeah. a process. It's learning the skills yeah. to be able to manage that process. But mm-hmm. yeah. That's the the balance of life, but I, I feel like that I feel like I was being asked to to move past the equation of the plant's health with myself. Does that make sense? Like that's the message I got out of that. I don't know. That's a really that's a really good observation because you know in the Buddhist and and Eastern philosophy, it, it there's an element of letting go, letting go of everything. And letting go of even the belief that, you know, on the one hand, never give up. And on the other hand, let go. Like those flowers, they're not the reason you're healthy. Those flowers are a a pleasure and they're beautiful and you'd rather have them in your life, but they're not the reason for your health. And so if you were attaching some element of your well-being to the flowers, life was showing you, no, you don't. Your right. well-being is connected to something else, you know. So that's cool, I'm right? And the, and the sharing—it yeah. it sounds yeah. so silly, but even the the sharing of life, you know. So here are these beautiful plants. They don't belong to me, you know. Who's to say they don't belong to the goats, also? And you know, I had to literally shift my thinking into the fact that that I'm sure they got a phenomenal amount of enjoyment of this these greens and. You know, I, I really had to to seriously do some work as I was talking to myself and looked like I was <laughs> crazy. <laughs> yeah. but to you know, realize yeah. that this, these aren't mine. This isn't mine. That they're you know, it's a shared. But it was a, it was seriously, and, and it reminds me of of illness altogether because it's particularly in the thyroid. What I have seen is many people have beautiful blood work and. For all intensive purposes, everything's been ruled out, and this and that, and there's a component they still cannot be well. And it's a, it, to me, it's a, it's a spiritual, like it's that spiritual immune system, so to speak, that's out of balance. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, it's, uh, it's amazing, really. I mean, that's probably a bad choice of words, but um, the thyroid is a. Uh, as a beautiful gland to really go, okay, <laughs> this is where the balance is out of whack and, and, and you just really have to put it all back together. Sorry, this is the last straw. <laughs> <laughs> to simplify it, you know, for everybody. Yeah. Because I think so many thyroid patients, you know, we get totally overwhelmed with the do's and the don'ts and the this is that. And, you know, you're just like, oh, really? You know? And again, it's not just your thyroid. So that's the thing about Hashimoto's and really any condition. It's not just your thyroid. Because if it just were your thyroid, then just taking medication would make you better. And it does for some people, but for many people, they still don't feel better because there's other things going on. Their immune system needs more help. They may have an infection. They may be reacting to something in their environment. They may have too much stress in their lives. You know, uh, it's not uncommon for Hashimoto's to be triggered after pregnancy. You know, a lot of women will get pregnant and then their Hashimoto's will appear um, after they have a baby. So, you know, there's so many elements to to the whole story that um, you don't want to forget. Right. You almost yeah. have to re. Wasn't we interviewed someone one time, and it was they talked about a medical memoir. That you know, was you Nandria have to write, Nakayama. Nandria Nakayama. That's right. You almost have to write your own medical memoir and go back and and remember these things in order to to put them at rest. Yeah, that's awesome. I love her. She's awesome. Yeah, yeah. isn't she amazing? Let's talk about. Yeah. I know you have. I know you have um, the Hero's Journey uh, ebook. I tried to download it and it wasn't working for some reason on my computer. 
But you do have, um, you know, healing when it seems impossible, seven keys to defy the odds. That's mm-hmm. some of those keys, um, you know, other than the ones we've talked about today already. Sure. The um, the hero's journey is actually a chapter from my book. And, uh, and the seven, yeah, so that's one of the seven keys. <laughs> Uh-huh. Is to recognize that you're on a that you're on a hero's journey, and to never give up because the journey is is as important as the end result. So that and and on a certain level, when you're on a journey, there's no there's no end. There's always more learning, always more opening, always more healing to be had. You know, um, it's funny. The lady who's editing my book asked why so many of my patients have such a long relationship with me, you know, like she's like, well, why don't they come in, get well and go away? And I'm like, because we're on a journey, like healing is a journey. It's a life story, right? Your Hashimoto's is not a, you know, go take your medicine and go away. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah. And that's what, and, uh, that's what we've been conditioned. I'm sorry to kind of jump in here, but we've been conditioned for quick fixes and, you know, uh, uh, you know, instant satisfaction and gratification. That was trying to make one word there. Did y'all notice that? <laughs> anyway, mm-hmm. um, um, you know, and, you know, that's what people unfortunately are kind of used to. And so they are just thinking, well, I'm going to go in and take a pill. And it really is a lot more mm-hmm. than that. But they also kind of just want the pill. And they just mm-hmm. really want it to be easy. And so we kind of have to even help change the mindset that not that it's going to be hard, but that it's a journey. As you say, mm-hmm. right, yeah. So, so the first of the seven keys is love, and and love is is what I call my healing superpower. This is your secret, you know. This is the secret that you keep. The your if you are able to recognize that love has everything to do with healing, and that it is the healing force of the universe. And it and it is and it impacts you on every level. So it's about loving yourself. It's about loving your journey. It's about having the love of the healers that work with you, the practitioners that work with you. And you know we don't think about love in that way. We think often our automatic thought about love is oh our, we love our children, we love our spouses, right? We love our family, but love is everything. It's you know in every way it's connected to healing and wellness. And so. Um, I, you know, and, and part of it is giving you the tools to recognize where the love is and how to cue loving your own self when you feel betrayed by your body. Because a lot of times when we, when we get some imbalance that causes such huge discomfort, we're mad at our bodies. We feel betrayed. We feel angry. You know, my body's not behaving how I want it to. It's supposed to behave like a car, you know, just drive when you want it to drive and change the spark plugs once in a while and, and be good. And we get angry when it doesn't do that. Hmm. Well, our bodies are teaching us things all the time. And so okay. if we approach Dynamic. it from love and tenderness okay. and, and caring, it will, it will respond better to us. <laughs> The second key is what I've already talked about, which is the triangle of wellness, you know, finding that balance of your hormones, your immune system, and your nervous system. And if you think about it, digestion is in within all of those things. Um, so digestion is also included in that triangle um, and getting that balance. So that may require the help of a healer or a practitioner like me or something like that where you look at hormones, you get your immune system balance, and you start working on all those things in order to get your your underlying wellness functioning better so that you can recover from the specific things like the infections or take the right thyroid medication, et cetera, et cetera. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The third key, the third key is finding your own unique lifestyle. And it really, it starts with, um, uh, starting is it, so there's this, there's two keys that are sort of crossing over one another one is learning to listen to your body and the other is finding the right lifestyle and you kind of need both you need to be able to listen to your body in order to find the right lifestyle but there are certain things that need to be done you know like i usually put people on an elimination diet first to figure out where the food is impacting how they're feeling you know um and 
finding what foods work for you, what ways of eating, what times of day of eating, you know, how to exercise. All those things are finding the right lifestyle for you because there's really literally thousands of ways to exercise, probably millions of diets, um, <laughs> so many ways that you can eat and exercise and live and finding what works for you, you know, which again changes over time. I used to kickbox and I can't kickbox anymore. You know, I do yoga now. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. So um, the the fourth key is learning to listen to your body. And here's, um, this is maybe one of my favorite chapters because so people always say, well, what do you mean listen to your body and how do you listen to your body? It's all in, basically your body's always talking. And if you come from that love, it's your friend, right? It's trying to tell you something. So what is it trying to tell you? And I tell you, I have spent my life trying to understand that in my own body. But um, in Chinese medicine, every organ has certain physical functions that are different than Western medicine. And learning some of that, so I provide all of this information of how, how organs work from the Chinese medicine perspective. And then that gives you tools for understanding where you might be out of balance and then learning to listen to that and what to do for that. And um, it's, it's cool. I love it. Um, and, and one thing that I want to tell everybody, you know, it's like you already listen to your body on a certain level. You usually know when you're hungry. You usually know when you're tired. You usually know like when you're agitated and you need to move your body. And so there are clues. When you walk into a room full of people, you might have butterflies in your stomach, either because you're nervous or because you're excited to see somebody, you know. Um, and so your body's always talking. And mm-hmm. by learning to listen to that, that's how you heal. Right. That returns the homeostasis. I love that. I yeah. love that. So, and then the next, um, the fifth key is emotions. And again, in Chinese medicine, every organ system has an emotional and spiritual function. And so learning what emotions could be impacting your body. And in my experience, every, 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 every physical thing has an emotional component. It doesn't mean it's necessarily caused by an emotion, but there's an emotional component. So any kind of liver imbalance would be, you know, connected to anger and frustration um, uh, the lungs or your immune system are connected to grief. You know, uh, your digestive system is connected to the emotion of worry. And so understanding that and finding the way to help your body be balanced. And, and this is why I love acupuncture because sometimes you don't have to understand anything. You can just get balanced with acupuncture and then the emotion and the physical and everything kind of falls into place where it's supposed to. So a plug for acupuncture here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And then um, the, let's see, where am I? I'm so emotions and then emotions, right. Sixth key. Yeah. The sixth key is already, I already talked to you about is the hero's journey. And for me, what that means is patience. um, So it's, you're on a journey and it's, and, and sometimes it's mysterious. Sometimes it looks like you're never going to get well you know, all of that, and to never give up, to never give up on looking for answers and to never give up on, on knowing that this journey has got meaning. So you find your, uh, the hero always has a team, right? So I love, I love hero movies. Um, and actually when I was starting to write this, I was watching all these hero, you know, like Marvel comic book movies, um, and one of, and this is not a Marvel comic book movie, but Kung Fu Panda is a great hero's journey, and it's, <laughs> it's funny. It sure is. Too. I love that. We did too. We just watched yeah. it a couple couple yeah. days ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I love when he figured out, you know, his special talent was eating buns. <laughs> <laughs> that's how he found his inner. That's how right. he found his inner thing. But anyway. Um, so, and then the last journey or the last key is trusting the process. And so, to again, you know, often when you start on a journey, like so many people have told me their stories of going from one doctor to the next to the, to trust that process, to recognize that that is the part of the journey and to trust that and to surrender to whatever your story is, you know, like your story of, of not being breastfed or, um, 
then I hear story of the, the meningitis. That, that is a part of your process on this journey on your life. And our physical health, a lot of us don't think of our physical health as our school, our spiritual school. We think, you know, we think of our relationships as a school or, or what we do for work as a school, but we don't really think of our bodies as our school. And, and for me, our bodies are as much or more of our spiritual school as anything else. Mm. So that's the whole thing. And, you know, I really like that you, you know, you blend all of it together. Um, blended medicine, I think, is it's, mm-hmm. it's so interesting, and it's definitely the way of the future because I knew, I innately knew somehow that, you know, like I said, I had spinal meningitis when I was four, but I fell out of a two-story window and landed on my back um, on, like, a deflated oh my baby pool, on my deflated baby pool when I was two, and my umbilical cord was wrapped around my head three times and they were pulling and choking and suffocating me on my way out. So they had to turn mm-hmm. that whole thing. So I'm thinking by the time I was four or five, I had mm-hmm. some pretty extreme life, you know, experiences and right. it was all part of my journey. And it was always discounted, you know, when I would go to doctors mm-hmm. and things, you know, but I, I knew inside me that it was part of my journey and that it needed to be, it needed to be discussed. And it needed to be, you know, mm-hmm. shared and talked about and figured out. And, you know, um, mm-hmm. so I love that you blend it mm-hmm. all together and you talk about life as a journey. And, you know, it's all part of the all part of the package, all part of the messaging. And um, mm-hmm. you know, we don't get that a lot on the show. We don't get a lot of people. Oh, well, actually, lately we have been. But, you know, you don't get that a lot um, in, I guess, conventional medicine and what you hear and see online and stuff. So uh, we really appreciate it. it it's, it's validating. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And yeah. amazing. And, I you know, wish for I you, wish... then, some kind of work on your spine would probably be very helpful. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like cranio, craniosacral work might be really amazing for you to help unwind those past traumas. Mm-hmm. You know, and it doesn't matter what age you start that journey or you discover those those elements. If you, whatever age, healing is always possible. I mean, that is, that's the thing, you know, like I, I had an experience recently where I was told that it was impossible for me to do something. And I was like, no, no, it, anything is possible. I have got to be able to do this. And it was something right. important to me, you know, and it was like, but I was kept being told, no, this isn't possible. No, it's never going to happen. You're never going to get there. It's not going to happen. And I'm like, I am going to get there. I'm going to achieve that magic, you know. And I, I think hope is maybe the most important thing on a, in a journey of any sort, you know, to, to keep hope um, and to find a way to, to have hope is so vitally important um, and to never give up. And, and, and yeah, I was just going to say, you know, it is. And for all those naysayers out there, I just kind of wanted to jump back to you saying, you know, maybe some cranial sacral work and some spine work and things. I actually had a moment in the Pilates class, this was 17, 18 years ago, um, where the Pilates instructor kind of, you know, I was doing some stretches. I was on the reformer. I was leaning forward, and she was massaging my back and, and kind of trying mm-hmm. to help me loosen up and things. And all of a sudden, she hit something or did something. She was massaging something, and I started screaming and crying. It just like came out of me like a like you open the floodgates. Like I didn't just go start just mm-hmm. uh-huh, uh-huh. like it just it was like a scream and a cry. Like she had released something, and so oh, you know, awesome. yeah, it was amazing. And I knew in, instinctively that that's what it was, even though you know it seems kind of I don't know or would have seemed kind of woo woo back then that you know I was holding some kind of energy that was trapped there but now that you say that you know and for all those naysayers out there it's true it happens and you can heal and you can work on things and and I did that one thing and I felt some kind of release it was held up yeah pent up for how long that must have been what 30 years I don't I'm not going to tell you all that I'm kidding (laughs) (laughs) but um it's true and it's all part of the process and and it does work. You just got to kind of keep at it. Um, and we're glad yeah. you have all these like tidbits for us. Um, what are some, you know, kind of interesting um, things that you use in your practice, um, like cranial sacral work or, or that you suggest to people that we may not have heard of? 
you know, as opposed to, well, I use supplements and that kind of thing. I mean, do you suggest people take uh, to do uh, infrared uh, light um, saunas or, you know, what are some, some healing things that you recommend to your uh, patients? Well, I do a, a lot of different things, of course, but so acupuncture. <laughs> uh-huh. And I also have a technique of being able to look at your ear, which is connected to Chinese medicine, and, and see where imbalances are, which is a really cool tool I just recently acquired. Um, and uh, I use functional medicine, so I do the testing and looking at hormones and looking at your digestive system and finding the root cause medically. Um, I use a, a biomat. A biomat is an infrared, actually crystal made. It's a mat made out of amethyst and tourmaline crystals, and it has uh, infrared heat that comes through at different temperatures that helps balance different levels. Really cool thing. Um, and uh, craniosacral work. I, I do, uh, and then the biggest, most important thing is my business is Heart to Heart Medical Center. I think the most important thing is love and to to love people enough so that the healing can come in the right way. So. Mm. That's the ultimate yeah. physician right there for me. You know? I think for everybody yeah. that's that has to be a, a minimum model. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. For yeah. a physician. I think so too, especially moving forward. And it's really, really cool to hear that um, that you started this journey and you knew uh, from way back when uh, that you wanted to kind of blend the two, um, which is probably definitely not the norm when you started. You were probably, mm-hmm. you know, preaching and saying things, and people were probably like, "What are you talking about?" You know. Um, uh, I think it's really, really inspiring and empowering to uh, to know, you know that you've done that and you can share it with the world. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me on your show. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tiffany always asks, but I will today. What is, <laughs> what is new on the horizon for you? What's uh, anything exciting? It doesn't have to be work related. It can be, you know, family vacation or anything like that. Or, yeah. Anything. Yeah. yeah. Well, I just got back from a wonderful trip to Europe on partly a, a cruise on the Baltic and partly a wow. um, acupuncture class in Paris. All oh, places I've ever been. So that was amazing. <laughs> and so the next thing on my horizon is actually releasing my book in November. Um, and it's everything that I've just told you is mm-hmm. the feeling when it seems impossible. So, yeah, super excited about that. And then um, – you know, helping people, I want to help people on that level to get to a place of really honoring and recognizing their bodies as a a vessel for their growth and healing. Mm-hmm. I love that. So, we uh, love it. <laughs> Thank you. We do. Yeah. We do. And uh, we're big fans. And whatever we can do to support you when your book comes out, please let us know um, because uh, we want you know, more people to to have it and to know about you. So just keep us posted. I will. Thank you so much. Wonderful. Okay. Thank you so much. Have a great, great day. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay. okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. <sighs> okay, I got to say it. <laughs> no. That was one of my favorites. There's I another know. one of our of our Jolene Brighton, Aviva Rom, clonable docs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a horrible thing to say, but I wish that everybody had access to a physician like her. Mm-hmm. You know? That mm-hmm. that is when the world will heal when more of all of these things become predominant mm-hmm. the predominance, you know? Hope and yeah. love being at the root of all healing. Right, uh, and it, it it sounds crazy, but it's it couldn't be more spot on, you know. Mm-hmm. Right, believing in miracles. What, a, what huh? a nice message! What a nice message that is, you know. It just kind of fills me up and makes me happy. Right. Definitely. What a fabulous guest, honey! Yeah. Thank you for bringing her on. She's amazing. Yeah, I know. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm in a Sorry, total I'm... zen moment. <laughs> yeah, me too. And you know, we're just gonna own it. So and we always have a few things to say at the end of the show. Thank you, tunes. A positive review so that others can discover the show as well. And of course, you know, if you've missed any shows, you can download them while you're there. And we're all over the internet, Stitcher, Google Play, that kind of thing. All that good stuff. And please don't forget to check out our amazing sponsor, ThriveProbiotic.com. They have a wonderful blog and many interviews, lots of research. Join their email list, learn about Thrive Probiotic, and see if it's right for you. They're they're amazing. We're honored to have them as sponsors yeah. for the show. They yeah. are. And and get some. I have some other great supplements, too, but the probiotics, fabulous. It's definitely an energy uh, boost for me. Um, but I know they have a great K, a vitamin K, and some other things. So check them out, Thrive Probiotic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And don't forget to check out Thyroid Refresh. Um, we're actually having a, a little special going on right now. Um, think of uh, Thyroid Refresh as Living, Breathing, Thyroid Lifestyle Magazine. We put the inspiration, information, and support you need all together in one place um, to empower you to make the the best choices for your health. There's, you know, expert-written content, different than My Thyroid Nation, different than than Thyroid Nation. It's expert-written, and it's uh, carefully crafted and curated, all put together with love. Truly, it is. And there's instructional videos, uh, instructional, you know, recipe videos, and um, movement videos, fantastic qigong and yoga, and uh, some kind of dance, fitness, and breath work, all kinds of fabulous things. So please, please check it out. Mm-hmm. And the email has a coupon for first month free, right? Cool thing. So get on that yep. email list. Absolutely. Absolutely. Of course, we heard it constantly through today's show. Dana and I have said this from the beginning, have felt this from the beginning. We want to remind you that wellness is a journey. It takes continual maintenance and evaluation and a constant open communication between brain and body. Listen to yourself. It's constantly talking. Constant, just like she said, the foods that don't work, the the exercise that may or may not work. I mean, it's 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 a constant source of information telling you what is going to resonate or not with you. Please be mindful of what it is saying. She did say that several times on the show. Several times. All about the journey. And the journey changes. So, you know, what may have worked for you just a year ago may not be working for you now. And if you listen to your body, it will talk to you. So just listen. Okay, guys, this is Dana. And Tiffany. Your Thyroid Nation Thrivers bringing the collective voice of Thyroid Thrivers worldwide so that together, united, we heal. Thanks. Make it a wonderful day. Absolutely.